And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about proposals, betrothals, and men at women's disposals. I'm Mia. And I'm Allie. P.S. I Love Rom-Coms is a podcast where Mia, myself, and Wikipedia try to answer (laughs) that daunting question, which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? Joining us today is talented writer and actress. You can see her on Comedy Central and College Humor and performing with her comedy group, Obama's Other Daughters. If she was in a rom-com, she'd be a budding novelist who, with the help of a magical typewriter, writes her perfect quirky love interest into existence. It's the one and only Ashley Holstein! I love it. I'm going to go find the writer. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing so well. I'm excited to be here and talk rom-coms. Oh my gosh. It's one of my favorite genres. So, Ashley, we like to kick off each episode with a little segment called Which Rom-Com Heroine Are You Channeling? Where we equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine. I'll start us off. Um, So this week, and I'll need a ruling from you guys because I think I'm either... Okay. Okay, because there's like debate. Like when you hear the word rom-com, people think of The Notebook and then people go, wait, it's not a rom-com because it's a dramatic film. Um, I'm thinking I'm kind of channeling Noah from The Notebook. Oh, <laughs> because, and this is like, it's like a bit of a walk, but I think it checks out. I mean, this, it, may, it might be kind of messed up now I'm thinking about it. But because I am, because um, in the movie, right, he reads uh, like a thing. He like reads basically like a journal of the story of them the whole time. And I um, I'm, I'm home right now. I'm home for like a long, the longest stretch I've been home for a while. And I um, have all of my journals since I was 12 years old. And I'm going to read all of them to sort of be like, so what happened here? Um, And and I started, I I read my 12 year old journal the other night. And first of all, all, wow. Wow. It's so much poetry. It's so upsetting. (laughs) It's It's so upsetting because I'm like trying to understand what's happening. And then I'll be in the middle of a sentence and then it'll be like a full page of a song or a poem. And it's like, you're just like, oh my God, like children are so weird. Oh my gosh. Mia, that's so beautiful that you're like writing songs (laughs) and poems just because like I have like a few notebooks where I've written stuff when I was younger and in all of my notebooks, I'm just like very angry mm-hmm. in them. And I like instead of using my notebooks as like an outlet for creativity, I think I chose to use them as like an outlet for pure rage. Oh, oh <laughs> Allie, don't you worry. I, I flipped ahead to when I was 14. I teen, it gets pretty dark. 12 is like before 12 is like I'm going into middle school and like it hasn't happened yet. You know, it's like I haven't quite I haven't gone to that dark teenage Thing that's gonna happen and then it gets very dark for like all there's like <laughs> there was one notebook that has christmas eve to christmas eve and it is so sad um not because of anything external just because teenagers are so upset they really yes. are they can't balance yeah. their hormones it's not their no, fault it's very dramatic i'm noah from the notebook i know it's not really a rom-com but it's what you think of when you hear rom-com so you know it was just be honest with ourselves it's not it doesn't quite fit but we think of it so that's why i'm channeling this week that is true. You don't laugh at all, but I I definitely categorize it as a rom com without thinking. Right? Yeah. Everyone, it's like yeah. it's it's there in your it's in your subconscious, and then when you think about it, you're like, oh, maybe not. But that's why it's a confusing and lovable genre. Allie, who are you channeling this week? This week, I think I'm channeling um, Francis from Under the Tuscan <gasps> Sun, um, just because. Just because I've been doing this weird thing recently on social media that might be toxic (laughs) for my mental health. I'm not sure yet, but I've started following probably seven different um, old house Instagram accounts. And so it's these Instagram accounts that show pictures of like old dilapidated houses that need to be fixed up. And you can buy these houses for like 
dirt cheap. They're usually like some of the, okay, I'll do a deep dive. Some of these houses are in like very rural places in the United States, but some of these houses are in foreign countries as well. So like you can get some super cheap, beautiful old houses in Norway, in Sweden, um, and in Ireland. And so like, oh man, guys, this deep dive has gone so far <laughs> that I've been doing research about how, um, if you're an American, how it is possible to buy a house in a foreign country. And because the mortgages are different there, it's best to kind of do like a full cash kind of offer. That way you don't have to deal with like European banks and stuff. Um, all pure fantasy. I am so broke right now. It doesn't, you know, I don't even want to talk about it. Um, but <laughs> where my mind has been at. Um, it's just like, I gotta, I gotta buy an old house and I gotta fix it. Um, <laughs> that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna like fix my life right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend, um, if you're interested in this kind of, um, uh, Instagram, uh, kind of old houses thing. Love for old houses oh. is a great account. Um, a lot of really <laughs> affordable Victorian houses, a lot of affordable, um, Roman esque mansions, which is definitely, um, the kind of flavor that I like <laughs> in a house. <laughs> this makes so much sense. This is like the perfect daydream for you, Allie, because a, you like kind of like <laughs> spooky things a little bit. And then, um, I also love that it's like your daydream, but you've like researched um like monetarily like what you would need to accomplish which i also just feel like fits very well for you because you're you've, you've like done the research it's just a daydream but you're like you've got your list of things um and i i love it and i it's perfect and it feels just absolutely absolutely like a very alley hobby and i love it i Thank agree so uh alley when i first met her had um teeth <laughs> <laughs> definitely a, a creepy yeah. thing and then to like find the attainable like steps to getting a daydream <laughs> is very much alley yes. like how, how can i get oh, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> amazing like it. and i love it and i'm gonna follow that account so that's who i'm channeling this week actually who are you channeling i was between two um one from my favorite movie who i always feel like i'm channeling <laughs> josie gracie um drew barrymore oh. from never been kissed oh um just because you know she she just didn't know what she had mm. she was so unassuming but was also fly like <laughs> you got it drew barrymore you're talented have confidence in yourself yes. um, so, <laughs> i think i'm also like often in my head like you're not josie gracie anymore <laughs> um so um that's like a life channel but also um what is her name jenna fisher yeah. in the movie 13 going on 30 Jennifer, oh yeah jenna mm -hmm. fisher um like I didn't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, she, you know, I feel like I asked for uh, work. I asked to be busy and, you know, to have productivity over this quarantine. And um, the sprinkles um, came upon my head and magically granted me my <laughs> wish. And I'm so busy. Um, but also now I'm realizing that, like, maybe... Maybe childhood was better. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I just want to swing with my first love and <sighs> on a swing on a swing set. <laughs> maybe I want to like go out to a park with my first love, eat candy, and and not worry about when the magazine is due. You know. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Speaking about, you know, the importance of trying to take mm. little breaks when we can, I think that that, you know, lends really well to the movie that we watched for this week, yes. um, which is this week we watched the 1998 romantic comedy, How Stella Got Her Groove Back. And in this film, Stella Payne, played by the amazing Angela Bassett, is a very successful 40-year-old stockbroker raising her son, Quincy. After seeing a TV ad about the magic of Jamaica, Stella and her best friend from college, Delilah Abraham, played by Whoopi Goldberg, take a vacation to Montego Bay, Jamaica. Stella soon encounters a handsome young islander, 
Winston Shakespeare, played by Tay Diggs, who is 20 years younger than she is. His pursuit of her turns into a blossoming romance that forces Stella to take personal inventory of her life and try to find a balance between her desire for love and her responsibilities as a mother and corporate executive. How Stella Got Her Groove Back was directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan and adapted from Terry McMillan's best-selling novel of the same title. The movie book was based on author Terry McMillan's true story. The character, Winston Shakespeare, was based on Terry's then-husband, Jonathan Plummer, who has a cameo in this movie. After Stella checks in, she and Delilah walk down some steps, and Jonathan can be seen saying, Welcome to Jamaica, ladies. So... Folks, oh my gosh, what are your initial thoughts on how Stella got her groove back? I feel like I was very, I hadn't seen this movie since I was like maybe 13. Um, so it's been a while. <laughs> um, not anymore. Um, but um, I remember it being a big staple at the time and it's billed as a rom-com, but much like the notebook, I feel like... Um, Whoopi Goldberg dies oh in my it. God. That was way too much for me to handle in a rom com. Yes. Um, so I was upset about that. How are you going to kill the comedy? And, yeah, um, and like really but, early too. To, we have to live the rest of the movie with her dead. Like that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of of this woman. You know, not letting age stop her from falling in love. Yes, because men do it all the time. I also. <laughs> had a problem um, with them killing off Whoopi Goldberg. That was, um, oh God. Well, they do that thing that they do in movies where like one character out of the blue, like complains of like a, like a backache or a sore ankle. And then immediately I'm like, oh, they're going to die. The comic came out of nowhere. That's the writer setting them up for their death. And Whoopi had a similar complaint. And I was like, oh my God, if they kill Whoopi Goldberg, I will be devastated. Um, And they did. Um, But I, you know, while I do, this was the first time I saw the movie. And while I do have, you know, a few little like qualms with it, I think that the overall message of like an older woman having a romantic relationship with a younger man is so needed um, and so important. I'm so glad that this movie exists. And I wish that... There were more movies like this just because like this is something that me and I talk a lot about on the show, which is and so much that it's even like a romantic comedy trope, which is like a much older man with a much younger woman. And Mm -hmm. I think I I just I think that this movie is so important. And um, and one more thing I'll say is that it. It does. You can tell that like a a woman wrote this movie as well because they take the time to address the complications that exist yeah. when there is uh, an age difference in a relationship in a way that I've never seen <laughs> um, in any movie where there's an age difference between a man and a woman. Like in any Woody Allen movie where there's always a huge age difference. It's like maybe one character goes like, well, a little bit young or like how stereotypical or sometimes it's not even, you know, acknowledged. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought that this movie did a really good job, you know, acknowledging kind of the complications that come with that. Fully agree. And it's it is crazy to think about how it's something that is accepted so normal when it's flipped gendered. Um, and it's the older man with the younger woman, how nobody bats an eye. And I thought what was so fascinating and uh, r- makes a lot of sense to me and is like a grounded portrayal of this is the whole movie. Everyone is like so aggressively anti the idea. So mad. So angry. So and mad. And they want to control like her. Like the older sister? Yeah. Ugh. Nobody reacts that way when it's an older man and a younger woman. You, you don't even deal with it at all when it's like a man and uh, an older man. I think about like if this movie was oh, no. about an older man and a younger woman and the entire like plot was like, should I really be with you? <laughs> it would be so strange to you, to us. Like, yeah. To see him even question whether that is right or not or whether they'll be a good couple or not. It's just like, 
younger women go with older men. Yeah. That's the norm. But um, so I understand the mom like being mm-hmm. really up in arms because it's her baby boy. Yeah. But like everyone else I thought was being so uptight. Like uh, her Stella's uh, oldest sister is like, you should be ashamed <laughs> of yourself. <laughs> just like, get off of it. Yeah. And I was glad that Stella kind of like popped back. Yes. The first scene is, is so crazy when Stella comes back and her older sister is sitting in her yard. And it's just like, I heard you had a relationship with a 20 year old. How, how desperate are you? It's like, that was like, oh my God. We also have to um, talk about Regina oh King God. in this movie just because she's <laughs> yes. great in everything. Oh my, incredible. Um, uh, she pops up everywhere yeah. and is just such a ray of sunshine. Like they killed Whoopi, but at least we still had Regina yes. King in there. <laughs> We talk about like people in rom-coms having quirky jobs. And I think Regina King being an ambulance driver is about the quirkiest <laughs> job that we've run into so far. Um, and man, did we need that wow. quirk. I needed mm-hmm. that quirk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially after Whoopi's so sad. People. Oh my gosh. Um, but just to also like circle back, because I love... I mean, I love the sibling dynamic mm. between those three women was so oh. great. The older sister was very, very um, judgmental of Stella and her relationship. But I think that also, I mean, brings up a good point that sometimes, you know, women can be really harsh on each mm. other. It can be just, you know, as judgmental to each other as men. And, you know, I think it probably comes from like a a societal place where um you know that's that's what we've been taught is to judge other women but like but yeah i think that that whole dynamic of the three of them together was so fun and also just like a very typical kind of like older middle younger dynamic Mm -hmm. which i Mm -hmm. really loved that scene in the beginning when they're all three at the spa in those very 90s masks Oh, I forgot oh, about that. I don't know how it, I love it. Because it's like it just gets buried because the movie like, it's like the movie goes so many places. But that's like one of my favorite jokes is like when they're all talking, they're kind of arguing, they start laughing, and then this random woman is laughing with them. And I think Regina King is like, You don't even know us. <laughs> yeah. Not not only you don't know us, but then kicks her foot water up at her, playfully, of course. But in the time of Corona, you're like, oh, no, your foot juice. Um, but it was very playful and fun. It's also so like a so much like a younger sister to like when Stella and Winston get back from Jamaica and they're in the limo <laughs> and they realize that there's a family cookout going on and <laughs> Regina King comes out and she's like uh uh-uh, uh Stella come on you gotta come on out of here we all go see her and then bring the entire family out to the car oh my god was like, so you're funny. not getting away with this Winston are you in there uh, <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> another like amazing kind of just like this is just like an it almost feels like a 90s joke mm-hmm. because it's so like kind of silly and almost like corny and over the top in the same way that like really funny spa scene was <laughs> was the like inciting incident oh of the movie which is like Stella you know her son is now like with her husband on a vacation and she's alone in her beautiful house and there's an ad that comes on the TV and suddenly it's like for Jamaica. And then suddenly she's like in the ad. Um, I literally was jumping up and down on my couch. I was like, yes, yes. This, I miss the nineties. This is what I want to see. And like now she's in the ad and she's in Jamaica and she's falling in love. And I was like, that's where I was like, this is pure rom-com gold right here. Yes. Oh. Truthfully, it was such a fantastical moment. And then I'm like, oh, this movie's going to be like wild and like <laughs> more fantastical. Um, but then we don't see her act like don't see her get lost in daydreams anymore. And I really wish that we did yes. more of that. Yeah. I wanted to know if you guys peeped this or if this was even a real thing. So when Winston and Stella go to the movie theaters and then run into um, her older sister and the judge mm-hmm. with their respective dates, isn't the judge with a very young girl? <gasps> and yes. the sister has nothing to say about it. You're so right. Yes. Which is so weird. I 
It's like you're all in your sister's case, but here you are with this, (laughs) your friend who's doing the same thing. Yeah. I think it just highlights that double standard where it's like, yeah, the, the sister is so quick to jump on Stella about like her younger, you know, guy that she's dating and like, and yeah, nobody even like bats an eye on the fact that like Judge is basically dating a, a child as well. And so <laughs> um, I saw that too. And um, I wonder if like part of it comes from like jealousy. They never bring it up, but like mm. I wonder if the sister is some like sometimes, you know, I I have taken, you know, part in like sometimes putting down other people. And when I do, it's usually it comes from a place of jealousy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I just can't admit the fact that like, Oh, you know, I'm allowed to do this too. And like, uh, you know? Yeah. I think that is a big part of judgment is when you see someone doing something out of the ner- norm, um, or like something you don't think they should be doing. It's because you haven't given yourself permission yeah. to be so free. And you're like, well, yeah. how dare you? How dare you do the thing that I'm not doing? <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. And then also that she was just like so powerful on her own. Like she didn't need, they make that line like she doesn't need a man to pay her bills. Yes. Yeah. She need to be older. I've, I've taken part in just being like confused when my female friends date younger men, which is so crazy. It's like I feel my own socialization be like, why? Are, oh, it's weird. And it is that thing where I'm like, oh, it's because I've been conditioned to believe that's like not something I I do. We also think women are more mature. We always say that women mature faster than men. So it's like, well, yeah, they're 10 years apart, but really she's like five years older in spirit. Yes. Which <laughs> so. the older I get, the more I believe that is uh, more about women are held to a higher standard than men at a younger age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is what, yeah. Even mm-hmm. though I know there's like <laughs> yeah. some scientific arguments for in certain ways that happen. But I'm like, I'm like now the older I get, the more I'm like, I think you guys just require more of us earlier than you do of men. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did clock that judge was being crazy because in front of his date to Stella, he's like, my offer for a date still stands. (laughs) It's like, you can't do that. Like, that's so mean. No. No, but he stood up. Winston stood up for himself and he's like, oh, we'd love to go running, oh, man. Like, back to this accent. <laughs> oh like Tay Diggs in this accent was so wild oh my to gosh. me. I don't know why he was allowed to it's, do that. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I didn't notice, but I was like, I, part of me was like, oh, wow. Like Jamaican and Irish accents sound like fairly similar. <laughs> Based on what he was doing, I was like, oh my gosh, he like almost sounds like he's doing an Irish accent. <laughs> you, can, you can also tell like which part of the movies were shot sooner because he hasn't like fallen into the yeah. accent yet. Because I do, I also saw him like, oh, that that was more something else yeah. than Jamaican. I don't know what. But, <laughs> but he was so so charming in this oh movie yeah, I mean, has that he doesn't need much that, oh yeah that smile where he just like has this grin there i'm like hi <laughs> um uh, yeah we'll get into their chemistry uh i'm sure but oh um cannot wait to talk about this uh couple's chemistry they also really showed stella's like the work she had to do to accept that she could have this like you just see her being the mm-hmm. whole time being yeah. like no you don't really like me like i knew it you 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 weren't really into me um and and he's just so genuine and charming the whole time and you're just like no stella he's a great guy when she loses her job and he says don't worry i'll do the worrying for you tonight I'm like, can you worry for me too because oh that is so beautiful I don't know how it's possible, but it's beautiful. Ashley, I also wrote down that line because I cried. (laughs) I like literally, I'm not kidding. Two solid tears came out of my eyes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Because I, you know, as like somebody who worries so much, like just somebody to be like, I'll help you carry the burden. Mm -hmm. Wrecked me. It Mm -hmm. wrecked me. In this time of quarantine, I got to say, the most fun part of or just what my favorite thing to see in the movie was just them vacationing in Jamaica I was like oh my god yeah. they're on the beach they've got amazing outfits they're meeting random people <laughs> speaking of outfits um Angela Bassett's 
Nike sets, oh like her workout sets, are to die for. I'm right there with you, Mia, where I was like, I wish that they had stayed in Jamaica longer <laughs> because it was so <laughs> and you know, this this might not be a good like a a um unbiased, you know, like critical lens. It might be like a I wanna go to Jamaica kind of a lens. <laughs> but man, I was like, No, she came back so yeah. soon from Jamaica. <laughs> and I was like, No, 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 stay there. I wanted more more you know i only wanted the fun fun stuff which is like more fun like talking with whoopee at night and like <laughs> more fun cute outfits and um and dance parties in Jamaica. yes that was yeah. i had to look that up i was like is this a real thing it is pajama parties mm-hmm. are real and there are very sexy pajama mm-hmm. parties oh my, in Jamaica. Oh my God. I also really relate to her in this scene where like, have you ever been like approached by someone and you could be interested, but you're just like intimidated or taken aback mm-hmm. or like, she didn't know how to be nice in that moment. I felt like, yeah. like she didn't know how to accept that he was flirting with her. Yeah. Like her guards up. Uh, and I also get it just because men are so weird. I, like when they approach you in public, when you're alone, um, like sometimes I'll accidentally scream because I'll be caught mm. off guard. So I like, <laughs> like genuinely and not like a crazy scream. But one time I was reading a book on the beach by myself, like just in, engrossed my book. And someone also this man was like, hello. And he was right on top of me. And I was just like, ah! <laughs> I, was like <laughs> I was like, sorry, I'm alone doing something alone. Could you imagine the oh, scene any- if if they made eye contact across the dining room and if Angela Bassett just screamed? <laughs> <laughs> May I join you? (laughs) Let's get into the first sex scene, which is like just some very sexy kissing. Again, something I love to see in rom-coms we see in my Big Fat Greek Wedding is when we just have really sexy kissing. And that is like very, very fun. Love that. And then there's this moment that completely caught me off guard I, I was so I was so not prepared for this where they're like sexy kissing and then Stella like is holding her hair up in a sexy way and then he grabs a Winston grabs an ice from the ice bucket where their champagne is and tries to like sexily put it on the back of her neck and then she like screams it is that moment where then she screams and then um he tries to playfully like flick water on her and it just just it just doesn't go well it's like so takes you out of the sexy moment they were really trying to show like look how juvenile he is <laughs> he's flicking water during sex and i'm just like i don't know he was trying something new like I don't know. Maybe ice is fun during sex. I don't use it, but <laughs> it's funny because I read a Cosmo magazine. <laughs> I think I was like around 20 and I still remember this, but they're like, they really heavily promoted the use of ice in foreplay. I won't go into the dirty details, but they're like, you got to use ice in foreplay. And I remember trying it and it also not being um, <laughs> pleasurable. So but, so this moment, comedic moment, really hit home for me. Uh, um, and I think it just, I loved it too, because like, yeah, this is like the comedic part in the rom-com where like, yeah, you try to flirt and after you know, being a little rusty and, you know, with flirting, sometimes it goes bad. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully. Um, sometimes it's awkward. Um, and uh, I loved, I loved this little um, surprising um, comedic bit during this sexy, sexy oh. moment. <laughs> yeah. Could not agree more. That was very fun. And mm-hmm. then I like where, where he goes to the bathroom cause he's like embarrassed and then he comes out and then Stella has stuffed the bed full of pillows <laughs> To look like she's under the covers. And then he, which he then thinks is like, he should get naked and try to get in bed with her. And then she scares him by jumping out from behind. (laughs) Okay, but also like, he got completely naked to jump into bed with her, which is like, yeah, we were kissing. And then the last thing that happened was you flicked ice on me. So that's what you think we're doing now? Yeah. Um, I was like, I thought she was trying to go to sleep and have him just go away. <laughs> she couldn't couldn't tell him to leave on her yeah. own. She had to do a decoy. Yeah. Well, and then she like showed her more playful side, yes. which was nice because, you know, as much as I love seeing a powerful black woman on screen, it's like 
do, do we always have to be so strong uh listeners i'm a black woman um <laughs> just so you know um but uh it was nice to see her just like let go a little bit and be playful totally yeah i th- i yeah. yeah her character was like so it was it was a really good um like a really nice portrayal where it starts and she's like the classic I love that opening scene where she's just the classic businesswoman who's just like, move my appointment to ten. Five thousand dollars? Who's ready to make money? <laughs> and it's like yeah. it's like if That's I was like doing money. an improv scene and wanted to be like a businesswoman, like that's what I would do. Um and then they do show this, like, the playful side of her, the, like, emotional side of her. Yeah, I also loved when she jumps on his back and then you see where they meet in the middle. Yeah. And I also like how they filmed these sex scenes and that, like, Ugh. it because me and I, you know, we talk a lot about, like, rom-coms and, um, you know, in a good rom-com, there's always, you know, <laughs> the sexy scene. <laughs> um, and there were quite a few sexy scenes in this mm-hmm. rom-com. And I liked how... I think it was this first one, but it mostly just showed her reaction. It was mostly just like a close up mm-hmm. of Stella's face. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's so important that like just seeing because like the woman's perspective and the woman, you know, receiving pleasure instead of like objectifying a woman's body mm-hmm. and it all being about like weird, you know, panning angles on her body. It was more, what was refreshing is like when there were kind of like long panning, you know, shots, it was usually on, um, mm-hmm. on, uh, Tay Diggs. And so mm-hmm. that was like, and that booty. Oh and so it was like it was like all right yeah a little bit of like uh reversal in the way that like this film is shot it was a male director but it had kind of like more of a female gaze to it which i i appreciated Mm -hmm. i was gonna say uh my favorite of the sex scenes is the one in the shower Uh, because i imagine angela bassett was like (laughs) make it work i'm keeping my clothes on Um, and like intimacy of like seeing her wash him Mm -hmm. and uh, like I don't care if I get my hair wet I'm gonna have sex with you in this shower and we're gonna I don't know I don't know uh, (laughs) we're gonna have sex no like her the act of like her walking into the shower fully clothed was like that in itself was like that's pure sex (laughs) that's so like badass being like i don't even care like we're doing this i'm getting all my clothes wet and i was like oh yeah angela why do you get that you deserve that yeah there's there's definitely something sexy about like I don't have time to take my clothes off. We gotta get yes. now, boy. And that's like the whimsy I want in a rom com. It's that like yeah, people people are so propelled by love that they don't have time to take off their clothes and they don't care what happens to their clothes because they just want to be close to their beloved. And then this scene ends with a close up of her like crying during sex screaming scream cry orgasming which also it's like yeah yeah. we we talk about this all the time with rom-coms where it's like you got cut to the next morning sex you got straight to penetration sex you've got all these um you know um less intimate male gaze yeah like like showing the the woman's body so this yeah these sex scenes were really different to me where i was like oh like i can't think of the last rom-com where like uh, i saw a woman cry during sex maybe the holiday but that's after maybe i I found that moment to be very powerful because you know it showed sex as like not just a simple kind of like you know pleasure kind of thing but like that it's more complex and like Mm -hmm. there that you know the sex that they had at the beginning of the movie versus like the sex that they had at the end of the movie, like, like the relationship has become more complex and nuanced and you kind of Mm -hmm. saw it in the way that they like filmed it. And especially that close up where she's tearing up at the end and it was so powerful. And yes, I also cried again. (laughs) (laughs) I cried three times during this movie. Um, So um, well done. (laughs) (laughs) To that point, Allie, I feel like something else that was special about that scene is that we kind of linger on them just holding each Mm -hmm. other for a good minute. Yeah. Like, 
and like dealing with their emotions on their face because that was kind of was that after they had that big fight about her not answering him uh when he proposed and it had been like a week yeah and this was like i thought it was makeup sex but it by the cuddling you're like oh is this like goodbye goodbye sex i also had that thought yeah i was like oh something deeper is happening Mm -hmm. Uh, it felt like goodbye sex to me too and like again we i don't think i've ever seen goodbye sex in a rom-com um no we usually like it's this relationship is was portrayed in a much more complex way and like it was yeah it was very powerful to to see speaking of like complex you know relationships with um you know both tay diggs and um uh stella's character is like we also see complex friendships and like one of my favorite scenes although it didn't super feel like a very rom-com scene was like the complex kind of fun relationship between angela bassett and whoopi goldberg when whoopi goldberg is literally on her deathbed um (laughs) but they're just recounting old memories Mm -hmm. and i could have watched that scene that could have been a whole movie like i could have watched those two women recounting their friendship for an hour and a half because it was so funny and beautiful and interesting and i just i believed that they had been friends for 20 years absolutely i mean also speaking to the power of like these are two like amazing out of this world talented actresses. Yeah. Um, so I would have watched them absolutely do anything for an hour and a half. But I agree <laughs> like that, like I felt like I was one of their girlfriends, like you remember Stinky Roger? Like I just, like, <laughs> it's so inside and like you see how much they love each other and then they make Whoopi cough <laughs> and remind us that she's sick. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was really beautiful about their friendship too is like at first like when they're in Jamaica together at first um Whoopi's character Delilah is is mad at Stella for like she because she has this whole setup she's like we're gonna be with these two I met these two guys for us and like Stella's <laughs> like no I'm gonna go with this young guy and at first uh Whoopi's character Delilah is like like, what? What are you doing? And then she sees how happy her friend is mm-hmm. and she changes her mind and she becomes supportive of her friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so beautiful. And like, you don't see that with Stella's sister, who's more judgmental mm-hmm. and like Stella literally needs to confront her about it. Whoopi, you know, right away sees what's good for her friend and supports her. And I mm-hmm. love that. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I didn't, um, like about, you know, Whoopi is being killed fine, but like, could they have packed that funeral a little more? It felt so hard. <laughs> well, people there. She seemed loved. Yeah. yeah. You're so right, Ashley. I also noticed those empty pews and so many. It was like, just, or put it in a smaller church. If you can't get that many extras, put it in a smaller church and make it feel mm-hmm. at least filled that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so true. true. I feel like this is a really good transition into us talking about some rom-com tropes just because Whoopi Goldberg kind of fits a classic rom-com trope mm-hmm. of the supportive best friend that's very interested in your love life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She kind of nails that one. These are more like kind of uh, vacation specific rom-com tropes <laughs> um, where, but it's like divorced woman goes on vacation and finds totally. local love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another one would be, you know, during like the, uh, darkest hour of a rom-com or the saddest time it rains yes. um, oh my goodness so much so rain much, there's so um, much rain in this movie one um, that uh, i noticed was or is this a is yes. this a no no please, 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 please. Okay. Uh, one i noticed is like um type a corporate businesswoman yes. has an artsy passion oh my god <laughs> yeah. 100%. I could also make fun of her. 
It's so true. It's so whimsical. <laughs> there was like um, an airport yes. scene where they get back together at the airport. Um, and she's like standing on the steps and he's like, Stella's here. Perfect sibling. Yeah. Like there's mm. that very perfect older sister. They have the, and we've already mentioned this, the meet cute mm -hmm. where it's kind of like, oh, we're both eating alone um i guess we should eat together hey Diggs had so many grand gestures for her where he like bought her that nice new furniture making equipment and cleaned her her like mm -hmm. woodwork shop i had um emotionally mature child like her son quincy is like while mm -hmm. i'm gone mom try to have some fun <laughs> so it's like that's you know <laughs> like i get it but it's, right. it's pretty mature i had the perfect sexy circumstance just like being being at a resort in Jamaica when there's just like this young hot guy who just wants to all he wants to do is like be nice to you and make love to you. So that feels like <laughs> the perfect sexy circumstance. Oh, here's here's one. And I don't know if this is a movie thing or a rom-com thing, but it happens so much in rom-coms where at some point someone will say the name of the rom-com or in this case, uh, it was a song where she's running on the beach in yeah. Jamaica and there's a song that has like the word groove in it a lot. And I also noticed that, yeah, the groove back song. Oh, great. Okay, so we're good. counting that. I had the ending fake out, which is in almost every single rom-com where at the end, it's like, should we be together? No, I guess not. And then we say, <laughs> wait a minute. Yes, we can. I almost had referencing another rom-com because she says, I'm not, she's oh. like, I'm not Demi Moore in Dappled Lighting. And I thought she might've been talking yes. about Ghost, but I looked it up and, and yeah. Ghost came out two years after. <laughs> I would say the fact that she references Demi Moore is somewhat like a rom-commy thing. I have, I have a pitch for um, a trope yes. that is a new one. This movie was based on a book by Terry mm -hmm. McMillan, who wrote the movie, that is based on a true story. Yeah. And so I think we've had at least three-ish, maybe four-ish, if you count for getting Sarah oh, yeah. Marshall, because that was loosely based yeah. on a true story. But we've had My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which was kind of based on a true mm -hmm. story. We've had The Big Sick, which is based on a true story. I don't know. It's just something that I've been seeing... Oh, but that's not really a rom-com thing because a lot of movies are based on a true story. The way they're doing based on a true story feels kind of specific to rom-com. I don't know. What do you guys think? I would allow it. Uh, loosely based <laughs> on a true story. Based on a book. Yeah, I think so. This is just a quick fun fact that I want to slip in there before we go back to counting tropes. And this is... I was like, should I say this oh, one back? Should I, I not? Gonna say, Allie, and I, we got to we got to talk about it. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. And I feel like now's as good of a time yeah. as any. You know, as I said, this book was based off of um, Terry McMillan's uh, real life, where she went to Jamaica, met a man twenty, I think twenty years younger mm -hmm. than her, or he was at least in his early twenties, and she was forties. Um, and she was in her late 40s. Um, and his name was Jonathan Plummer. And um, she had the same kind of romance. She went to Jamaica, fell in love with this man. They got married. And then uh, um, a couple, I don't know how much later, but like a couple, a couple years into their marriage, he told her that he was gay and that he basically only married her so that he could leave Jamaica and gain American <gasps> citizenship. Yeah. And wait, that's the real story. Yeah, that's the real. But it doesn't story. happen. He doesn't do that until after the book and the movie come out. So, yeah, <gasps> yeah, it's oh, yeah, it's so it's such I a know, bummer. It's so it is so sad, which is, I was like, maybe I don't say this. Maybe we just celebrate this movie. No, we have to talk about where, it. Where this woman gets everything. Like, maybe we just celebrate it and we don't bring up the sad truth that it was based off of. But um, no. No, it's important because rom-coms sell us fantasies that are either unattainable or really rare. And um, getting it all is... Rare. Yeah. But, but this man, that's, that's a harsh. Like somebody as amazing as, you know, Stella, or in this case, Terry, who is 
a famous novelist, <laughs> like a mm. successful and famous novelist who's beautiful. Like I looked at her, I looked her up. She's beautiful. Like she should, you know, if anyone should get a rom-com ending, it should be her. And so, yeah, it just is so... I mean, I guess me and I talk about this all the time. That like sometimes, you know, even people who should get rom com endings, people like Terry McMillan and and um, Nora Ephron yes. and you know even Jane Austen, these people who write these beautiful romantic stories, um, should get romantic endings, and more often than not, oh my god, <laughs> their life ends, uh, ends up to be very unromantic. Yeah. Oh, and I wow. mean, yeah, what, what a sad no style. No, 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 no. I, I've got a silver lining and I've, I've emotionally processed it. I, okay. I also read that story and it was so sad. I read this ABC News thing that interviewed Tara McMillan and she was just like, I was humiliated because I made this movie like celebrating this relationship. And then it, you know, I was like, it, then it was turned out not to be true. And I'm so embarrassed. And I've got two thoughts, one of which is, yes, I'll say I've said it once. I'll say it every episode. <laughs> Nora Ephron was married three times and her third husband, which is what she passed away in that marriage. And it was a really good, loving marriage. And it's the one she models Stanley Tucci and Julia Childs after in um, in uh, Julie and Julia. Julie and Julia. Yeah. And so here are my thoughts on it is that. Um, Right. Rom-coms are, yeah, are, the, the perfect rom-com is, is never an actual model for life, but a celebration of love when love is here. Like my Big Fat Greek Wedding, they're mm. really divorced in real life and she's remarried and that's like a bummer. But what my therapist would say to Terry and to all, everybody who's like, What's, what, what about this positive experience that's over? How do I deal with it? Is she would say that the feelings and the growth and the healing that you got from that are still live within you. And just because the relationship oh. ended or maybe wasn't what you thought it, you know, like the growth Stella got the, you know, the coming back to herself, the coming back to furniture, the relaxing, like, even though it, it turned out it wasn't pure love, like that should all still be an accomplishment and live within her. What's the saying better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. You grew, you got yeah. something from it, even if it wasn't forever. Exactly. And obviously but this damn. is extreme. <laughs> this is straight up betrayal. <laughs> it really is. So he knowingly, he knew he was gay and he was like, I'm using you. So he says, yeah, yeah it's like, it's, it's pretty clear that is that's probably what happened it's like he said at the time that he was like i didn't know i was gay and i didn't know who she was because authors like aren't don't have like the same notoriety in jamaica so she, he was like no this it's like i was in love it was good and then i just realized i was gay but then the article had said i don't know it was like it looked really messy but it looked like she believed that she had been duped and that he maintained oh. that he did love her and then um just wanted and then just realized he was gay but she was like no he said he was confused earlier on and then also he was like fighting to void their prenup so he could access her money which is just like not a great look uh, uh, did he oh, i hope she got all her money and doesn't have to pay for his life right I now i hope so. terry we we are with you we I'm hope told. you didn't have to do that terry we're with you because she was also um, smart enough to have a prenup so they should honor the freaking prenup yeah um yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just looked her up because Allie was talking about how beautiful she was. And I was like, oh, let me see this woman. And she is gorgeous. But I also realized that she wrote Waiting to Exhale, too, which is another classic. Oh my God. Go ahead, girl. She wrote Waiting to Exhale? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, go, oh, wait. Well, we have Good to watch that. Her. Is that after or before this one? Because then I want to know. I think it's I think it's after, but maybe it was 95. I, I know that I wasn't allowed to watch it. I was like too Same. Because I, 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 I feel mom. like I remember it was very sexy, perhaps. <laughs> very yeah. sexy we definitely gotta watch that so yeah so sad real life but i think what based on like the impact how stella got her groove back has and what it represents for women it's it's a story that had to be told mm -hmm. agreed. agreed agreed i agree so and if you don't know the truth to it it does empower you to like hey love who you want yes yes and that yeah. is don't listen to your mean older yeah. sister yeah and that's still that's still a good message I feel like there's one and I don't know, I'm not sure, but like, there's always like the guy that 
should be more appealing yes. to you. That's not right Good for on you. paper guy. Like good on Judd paper guy. in this case. Yes. Yes, we call him good on paper guy. Good on paper guy. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, oh, on paper, it's the guy you should date, right? He's another professional. He wants to go running with her. Mm. He's very serious. Okay, so that... So that gets us up to 15. 15. Pretty good. Nice. That's pretty yeah, good. right in the middle. Right in the middle of the average. Okay, I think th- this moves us into the section where we rate this rom-com. So we here at PS I Love Rom-Coms podcast have an ever-changing list of the top five rom-coms. The list started off with the top five highest grossing rom-coms, but over the last couple of months, we have watched more and more films and we have voted in and voted off many a rom-coms. And as of now, here are our top five rom-coms. We have Notting Hill, Hitch, Love and Basketball, 27 dresses and my big fat Greek wedding. So now if we choose today, we can put how Stella got her groove back on that list, but we all have to unanimously agree to vote off one of those other top five to replace it with. So, you know, what are we thinking guys? Uh, Does how Stella got her groove back deserve a spot on the top five list? And if so, who should it knock off? I think with Stella having more rom than calm, it probably um, won't make the list for me. But I don't want you to take that as a slight, Terry. Um, This was a great movie. Yeah, I agree with Ashley. I think what (laughs) kicks how Stella got her groove back off the list for me is just... The fact that Whoopi Goldberg dies. <laughs> I think, honestly, as soon as she died, I was like, I'm sorry. I don't think it's going to be on the list because she was so much of the calm in this mm-hmm. movie. And to kill the calm, you know, was devastating. And then the movie, I, and I also think they got back from Jamaica too soon. I yeah. feel like when they were in Jamaica, the ROM and the calm, the balance was exquisite. Um, I... I love that this movie, you know, took the time to explore the complex dynamics of um, a relationship where people are, you know, of different ages. But I, I think that, you know, to to honor that complexity, it did, you know, lead the movie into a more dramatic kind of um, zone. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it, you know, didn't have the same you know, fun and pump that I enjoy in a classic rom-com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll agree with both of you too. Cause I also had the experience that I think like when Whoopi dies, I like checked the time to be like, <laughs> to <laughs> be too. like, and there too. was like 50 more minutes. Right. But, I mean, it's also yes. a long yeah. movie. It's really it's long. long. And I remember like Whoopi died and I was like, whoa. And then I checked the time and I was like, I have to live another hour without Whoopi in this world. <laughs> and I was like that. And that's not that's not the feeling I want in a rom-com. In a rom-com, I want to be I want to be mm-hmm. pulled along on a fantasy of love. OK, so we're unanimous, which is always a lot easier than when we're not. so now it is time for our final segment called reality check in this segment we test out the tropes and plot devices in the rom-coms we just watched and see how they hold up in the real world we see this in other rom-coms such as eat pray love under the tuscan sun and i'll also throw leap year in there although amy adams character is in a struggling relationship now does this trope hold up in real life have any of us had a whirlwind romance with a local when we've been on vacation i haven't had a whirlwind romance Romance, but I have been approached to have them on my road trip. Um, but there has been no Tay Diggs. Yeah. So I went to, I went on a road trip um, to Canada and stopped in Zion. And there was a German traveler oh who um, f- fancied me. Um, and we hiked for a little bit together. And then he and in, he invited himself to, sl- to stay with me. Um, and I said, no. And I got away from him. But had he been just a tad bit cuter, <laughs> it would have probably been a yes. Oh my so gosh. I'm not opposed. Yes. I've had one. Where I, <laughs> oh, but it's very alley in that, you know, um, I um, w- went to Epcot. Oh my God. Um, with, <laughs> this is so alley. I went to Epcot with, 
this is so <laughs> this is my crazy you know trap like you know exotic travel is i went to epcot <laughs> um with uh my friend um and it was her 21st birthday i was already 21 um and we decided to drink around the world at epcot and um we were in italy and uh for those of uh, for those Disney heads out there who listen to the <laughs> podcast, um, Epcot does this thing where they their employees they have like a world showcase where they have like a bunch of different um, countries, um, and you can like walk around and visit them, and they have that food of the country and whatnot. And the showcases the people who work there. Uh, are from the country where they're like working. And so uh, my friend and I went to Italy and um, a very, very cute Italian waiter uh, who's working in Orlando, Florida, <laughs> um, came to our table and we're like, wow, he's so cute. And because we were on vacation, I was like, let's leave our phone numbers on the receipts. Um and uh, we did. And our waiter actually called us. And we uh, all, uh, he brought a friend, another Italian friend. <gasps> and the four of us went to downtown Disney and all got drinks together. And, um, and uh, you know, there was a moment in the night where, you know, maybe I could have, you know, gotten a little kiss. <gasps> But instead, I think we were both, you know, it's, 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 there's a little, it gets a little scary. It's like, do I, you know, how well do I know this person? And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know. And so like we, nothing ended up happening except for the fact that me and my lovely Italian waiter, um, is still we're still pen pals, and so we wow. um, we we email each other and we um, DM each other a lot. And he's always like, "Ali, my superstar, <laughs> come to Lake Cuomo and spend the summer oh with God. me." And um, <laughs> I know um, what. <laughs> yes, 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 you yes. Have a standing of a um offer to go vacation with a hot man. <laughs> No, you guys, what am I doing? And I, I have not, I have not, I always go, ha ha ha, sometime I will. Um, but I've been saying that for like a while now. And so, um, I don't know, maybe after the quarantine, I'll, I'll do it. I'll have my, it'll be how Allie got her groove back after, after the quar. Um, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it someday. I don't know. It's, um. I, it's it's a little bit scary, you know, um, but yeah. very vulnerable. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. And I think that's like with a lot of it, too, is like sometimes it's just like meeting strangers is it's as a woman, you just got to be like, it's just not always safe to <laughs> to like yeah. engage. Yeah. But I do think based on our three stories that it um, or I think based on our reality checks, it sounds like it checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, that's the well, podcast. That is Ashley, our show. Ashley, <laughs> thank you. So, no. Thank you. No. We, we have to. We have to. We have to end. Let's talk about another Let's one. Go. Let's roll right into Never Been Kissed. <laughs> Uh, Please, guys. Uh, thank you um, so much for being here it was such a, a just so wonderful to spend time with you while we're all in separate places during this time and ashley do you have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners <laughs> um for romance for <laughs> Uh, advice for romance, I would say, um, know that you are so damn worthy of everything that you want and go after it. That's more so a note for myself. Um, And then social media. I mean, you can find me on Instagram at Ashley Holston's put an S on that and um, at Obama's other daughters, um, which is my comedy troupe. And we have a podcast that will be launching uh, mid August coming out every Tuesday (gasps) on iHeart with Shondaland. And so check that out. It's called you down. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's amazing. This is the first time we heard of this podcast. Oh my gosh. We're very excited. It's, um, 
yeah, we're just talking about things that are going on in the culture and trying to bring some of that energy we had at Black Girl Magic, our live show, which we don't know when we'll mm-hmm. be able to do again, um, to podcast form and, you know, have some fun. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. I, I cannot wait. I can't wait for that. Your, your shows were always just the most energy, the most fun. I can't, oh, I'm so excited. Um, Thank you, guys. This was so fun. I'm so glad to have heard your voices today. It truly is a bright spot of quarantine. Same. Same. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. That's the podcast. We have a new episode out every week. And remember to subscribe and rate. And we are brought to you by the lovely folks at Campfire Media. And P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Me too. Do you like comic books? Do you like brothers? Do you like brothers talking about comic books? Then this is the podcast for you. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. Will Hines and Kevin Hines, performers from the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater and actual brothers, talk about actual comic books they love, like Spider-Man, The Fantastic Four, and many more. If you prefer your podcast to be about fictional people talking about fictional books, this isn't it. But otherwise... Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. Campfire.